facts, candid conversations, and some levity to lighten your day. This is The Kale Clark Show on Relevant Radio. Hey, welcome to the program on this Thursday. It's the 10th of August, 2023. So glad you're with me on The Kale Clark Show. I can almost guarantee that this will be a fun program. And and I say almost because I, I do say this with some degree of trepidation. Because we will be opening the phone lines for your best Catholic jokes. Now, why would I want to do that? Well, because today, August 10th, is the Feast of St. Lawrence the Deacon, who is the patron saint of comedians, among other things, a lot of other things, which we'll get to. Let me hand out that phone number, and you can uh, grab your joke book and give this number a call, 888-914-914. Nine one four nine. I think Michaela probably would want to call on time, but I think she. I think she's actually going to hold off. I think she's going to show some, some restraint and wait until next week because it's pledge drive next week. So tune in for that. You won't want to miss her kid jokes on pledge drive. So I, I think she'll be prudent about it and uh, let you guys have all the fun. So triple eight nine one four nine one four nine. Maybe there's some other kids out there who want to share some good jokes. Some good and keep it clean, guys. Keep it clean. This is Family Fair. It's a family program. Patrick Alog is working the phones today, so he will be the arbiter of whether or not a joke is actually funny. I don't know if I shouldn't trust him with this, Producer Jim. I don't know if he's... Do you think, do you, do you think, do you think Patrick Alog has good taste in comedy? <laughs> Patrick's on know. it. Patrick's on it. He's, he's the man. He, yeah, we, we trust you, Patrick. Yep. We're just kidding. We, we trust you. <laughs> Although we will blame you if anything goes wrong, but we do trust you. I'm only kidding. All right, so 888 is the number to call. You can also email me. If you want to email your joke, you can send it to me, klcale at relevantradio.com. And you can find me on the X app, formerly known as Twitter, the artist, the app formerly known as Twitter. Uh, new symbol, just like Prince had a new symbol for a while. And you can find me there at Kale Clark, C-A-L-E, Clark with an E. All right, so St. Lawrence Deacon, before we get into your hilarious comedy routines, uh, which is always a lot of fun. We, we do this every once in a while, and it's always a hoot. We, we do have to share a little bit about the life of St. Lawrence and that famous joke that he told. He's known for this famous joke that he told as he was being roasted to death on a gridiron, but he's so much more than that. He is so much more than that. And, of course, he died. Interestingly enough, he died at the age of 33. How about that for a parallel with our Lord, who is also said to have died around the age of 33, maybe 30 to 33. We'll talk about that another time. But nonetheless, traditionally, it's been 33. And he died in the year 258 A.D. And like I said, he's not just the patron saint of comedians. So Jen Fulweiler, if, you, if you're listening today, if you want to try out some new material uh, that you haven't used in your, in your new comedy tour, some experimental material. This is a safe place, I think, for you to call in. So, if, any, if Jen, if you're listening, or maybe somebody can tag her on Twitter and say, "Hey, Jen, now is the time to call." If you're a professional comedian, call in. If you're if you're an unprofessional comedian, call in. But he he's not just Saint Lawrence, the patron saint of comedians. He's also the patron saint of a whole. Some saints are like this. They're patron saints of of like a laundry list of of things. He's not the patron saint of launderers, but he is the patron saint of archivists. The archives are really important. you got to keep the archives. And you can get the archives of every episode we've ever done on, on the Kale Clark Show at relevantradio.com. I don't know how far back they go. I don't know how far how extensive the archives are, but uh, some have been lost in the mists of time, perhaps. But 
uh, relevantradio.com, the Relevant Radio app, or the Faith Explained program. It's a great place to get all of our other shows as well on Relevant Radio. Please do share them with a friend. If you like the show, spread the word. We, we depend on, on word of mouth, really, to, to get that uh, good news out there. So if you find the show helpful, maybe even find it funny, well, <laughs> you'll have to be the judge of that tonight. Uh, you can certainly uh, share it with a friend who might benefit from it. Okay, or maybe you want to punish them. Yeah, this is your purgatory. You have to listen to this. All right, so he's the patron saint of archivists, um, book lovers. Uh, hey, who isn't a book lover? Uh, patron saint, this is, producer Jim, you'll like this. He's the, he's the patron saint of brewers. How about that? Not I mean, the team, but. Not the Milwaukee the people brewers. Who no, make no. Beer. <laughs> Heavens no, but, uh, but certainly um, those who make beer, which I think is a very good thing. So we should, we should certainly invoke him often in that regard. Um, and hey, cheers to you, St. Lawrence. Uh, patron saint of butchers, cooks, okay, because he was, we'll get into this, he was, he himself was cooked alive over a gridiron, uh, over the open flame, flame broiled, if you will. Uh, he is the patron saint of comedians, deacons, obviously, ofs, uh, glaziers, because you want to, you know, you want to glaze your meat really well before you cook it. Uh, oh, I, 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 I did not do this on purpose. I swear I did not do this on purpose. I, I did not see this in the list. I, I, I would, believe me, I would, I would give my testimony, put my hand on a stack of Bibles. He actually is the patron saint of laundry workers. Remember I said it was a laundry list? He, that's in there too. They covered all the bases. All right, so laundry workers, librarians, we'll get into why. Firefighters, okay, I get that one. Poor people, that's, this is really important. The poor, he's patron saint of the poor. There are probably many patron saints of the poor, but, but this is for a specific reason having to do with his death. It's actually quite funny as well. Uh, he, he got, he got a few digs in, uh, against the Romans. Restaurateurs. <laughs> okay. Uh, school children, uh, seminarians, tanners, of course, the tanning, the flesh. Okay. Uh, vine growers, winemakers, and, um, that's it. Lumbago. I don't know what lumbago is, but that doesn't sound very good. But anyways, okay. So let me, um, tell you about his, his life. And most of the, the information that we know about St. Lawrence actually comes to us from the pen of the great St. Ambrose of Milan, the, the teacher of St. Augustine, the great mentor of St. Augustine. And uh, in the fourth century, St. Ambrose had this big devotion to St. Lawrence. And so he wrote about his, his martyrdom. And some say he, he embellished some things here and there. Maybe, I don't know. We do know he was martyred, of course. But uh, nonetheless, um, a couple other people wrote about him too. Um, the Christian poet Prudentius, um, who founded the Prudential um, Life Insurance Company. No, uh, Prudentius, uh, who had very much had the virtue of prudence. It'd be ironic if he didn't. Maybe that was like a nickname, like "Hey, hey, hey, Prudence." You know, he's totally not. He, um, so he he lived around 348 A.D. to 405 A.D. So bleeding into the fifth century. And then later on, this is this. There's a Spanish a source called the Passio Sancti Laurenti, the Passion of Saint Lawrence, and that comes from an anonymous author from Spain who probably didn't put this down on paper until the fifth or sixth century. So it's quite late. But uh, a- Ambrose is kind of the main source. Uh, of course, Augustine, his his student, wrote about him as well. Pope Saint Gregory the Great was a big fan. Um, but there's been so much devotion to St. Lawrence over, over the years. And he's mentioned, of course, in the Roman canon, Eucharistic prayer number one. If you can kind of get into Eucharistic prayer number one, you, you, this is kind of the big time. 
So big, big, big feast day in, in the church. Now, it is said that Lawrence was born in Spain, very close to Aragon, um, the Pyrenees Mountains, um, very, very famous, of course. Interestingly enough, this is, this is quite tragic. It is said that both of his parents were also martyrs. How about that? So he was an orphan, you know, kind of like Bruce Wayne, and he became a, a superhero of the faith as it were. And they were martyred for, for their faith, his parents. But he was, he was absolutely A-plus student. Uh, he studied the humanities. Uh, these days, I think the humanities are great. Sometimes it's tough to get a job if you study the humanities. They, they'll often say to you, oh, the humanities, don't do it, you know. Um, but no, it's, it's, it's crucial. He, so he studied the humanities. He studied theology. He, uh, this is in Spain also, in, in Zaragoza. And that's where he met Pope Saint Sixtus II. Now, you might know this. I didn't talk about this on the show, but Pope Sixtus, his feast day was just a couple of days ago, on the 6th of, four days ago to be exact, on the 6th of August. And, and he is very much associated with St. Lawrence and his martyrdom. The martyr, and They were very, very close, these two. And, um, and I didn't talk about St. Sixtus because I knew he'd factor into this as well. So more on that in just a second. So after, after he finished his schooling, uh, he went with Sixtus to the future Pope Sixtus. He wasn't the Pope at that point, but they met in school, and they kind of went on this buddy's trip, if you will. They went to, they went to Rome, and um, they went to the pilgrimage sites, of course. And while he was there, this is where Lawrence was ordained as a deacon. And, of course, Rome very famously had their seven deacons, the seven deacons of Rome, and it is said that Lawrence was really the, the head of all of them. He was the archdeacon of Rome. So pretty big deal. And so one of the things that you have to do when you're the archdeacon of Rome is that you are basically in charge of all the material wealth of the church, all the donations that people give, uh, anything. You are, you're sort of in charge of that, and you have to dispense it uh, to the poor, uh, to serve others who are in need. That's a pretty big deal. That's a pretty big deal. So his friend, Pope Sixtus, became the Pope in the year 257 A.D., and very often Deacon Lawrence would serve at, at the papal masses as uh, the official deacon. Well, here's the bad guy in this story. Every, every story has a bad guy, and in this case, it's Valerian, the Roman emperor, who, be, who rose to the throne in 253 a, uh, A.D., and so just a, just a few years before Pope Sixtus was, was made Pope, now, Valerian, it's interesting because he was the most powerful guy in the world, but the only reason you even know about this guy is because of St. Lawrence, who, was, who would have been considered a nobody in Roman society. Nobody knows who Valerian is. Nobody really cares about Valerian except for his role in the martyrdom of St. Lawrence the deacon. In fact, Valerian suffered a pretty ignominious fate of his own. Yeah, he may have persecuted the church, and he may have had, you know, had a hand in the martyrdom of Pope Sixtus and, and St. Lawrence and many others, many, many others. But he himself had the, had the very, very uh, ignominious fate of being the only Roman emperor to be a prisoner of war. He actually died as a prisoner of war. Can you imagine that uh, later on? So his own end, he didn't turn to God, but it didn't save him from the suffering that, that he had to endure, that's for sure. So he was a loser on both counts. However, he started persecuting the church. There are waves of persecution that, that kind of would ebb and flow against the church in the early days in the Roman Empire. 
And St. Cyril, who was also a bishop in Carthage in North Africa, he, he also would be destined for martyrdom under this evil Emperor Valerian. He actually wrote about this persecution that the emperor had unleashed on the church. He said, quote, The Emperor Valerian has consigned to the Senate a decree by which he has determined that all bishops, priests, and deacons will be immediately put to death. I communicate to you that Pope Sixtus suffered martyrdom on the 6th of August. Okay, keep, keep in mind, okay, there was no internet, there was no Twitter, there was no X app. Elon wasn't around yet. So people, you wouldn't even know most of the time who the Pope was because they were all martyred in the early years. And so he actually wrote, wrote a letter saying, hey, the, our beloved Pope, unfortunately, has suffered martyrdom. Although maybe fortunately, because now he's, of course, more powerful in heaven. He's praying for you. On the 6th of August, together with four deacons. Okay, now this wasn't involving St. Lawrence yet. These are other deacons. So he goes on to say, St. Cyril says, The Roman authorities established a norm according to which all Christians who have been denounced must be executed and their goods confiscated by the imperial treasury. So who are the other deacons who were killed on the 6th of August along with Pope Sixtus? In 258 AD, it was, it was Deacon Januarius, uh, Deacon Vincentius, Magnus, Stephanus, Felicimus, and Agapitus. Agapitus. Agape means love, of course, in, in Greek, so that's kind of interesting. So, the Deacon of Love. Uh, anyways, um, so Deacon Lawrence at the time, he was imprisoned for his faith as well, but he wasn't martyred with this particular group. And so it is said that, and this is one of the things that um, uh, St. Ambrose said about in his biography, if you will, of St. Lawrence, that when Pope Sixtus and the others were being led to their martyrdom, he was kind of passing by, Pope Sixtus was passing by, was being led in front of the, the jail cell where St. Lawrence was being held. And St. Lawrence basically called out to him, and he, and he, he grabbed the, the bars of, of, the, of the cell, if you will, and he was weeping, and he said, he said, where are you going, Father? Where are you going without your son? Where are you going, holy bishop, without your deacon? You cannot offer your sacrifice without me. Think of how many times I helped you to offer the Eucharistic sacrifice. Now, now you're going to sacrifice yourself. You're going to give the ultimate sacrifice of your life. I've got to be there with you, just as I was at the altar. And so he's, he's, he wants to go to martyrdom. And, and Pope Sixtus turned and said to him, I will not leave you. I will not abandon you, my son. More difficult trials are kept for you. A shorter race is set for us who are older. For you who are young, a more glorious triumph over tyranny is reserved. Soon you will see, you will cry no more. After three days, on the fourth day, you will follow me. And that's exactly what happened. It was quite prophetic. Four days later is when St. Lawrence was led to his martyrdom, and it was more grisly. He had to suffer much more. And, of course, because Deacon Lawrence was in charge of the riches of the church, the treasury, if you will, of course, the Roman authorities wanted to get their hands on all this alleged cash. And so uh, the, the prefect of Rome, the Roman governor, basically said, hey, Deacon Lawrence, we're going to kill you, but first you've got to give us all the, all the treasures of the church. And he's like, okay, just give me three days to collect everything. And I'll get back to you. Okay. All right. But, but we've got to, we're going to put a beeper on you. You're going to put that ankle bracelet on so you can't uh, become a fugitive here like Harrison Ford. You've got, you, you got to stay within. Okay, no problem. I'm not going to run away. 
this is my this is my martyrdom. I know that this is what God wants for me. I'll be back in three days with the treasures of the church. So what did he do? He took everything he could find in the treasury and he and he gave it to the poor, gave it to the needy, got rid of it all. He invested it, if you will, in the poor. And then three days later, he brings some of these people back with him to the Roman governor, the poor, the blind, the lame, the crippled, everybody was suffering, the destitute. And he said, here, here they are. Here are the treasures of the church. Well, the prefect didn't find that funny at all. And he said, all right, for that little joke of yours, um, it wasn't going to be his last joke, but that didn't go over well. That bombed in the Roman court. But here's what we're going to do to you. We are going to make your martyrdom extra intense. We're going to turn up the heat for real. And you are going to be roasted on a gridiron. And I'm talking about a football field when I talk about the gridiron here. And so that's exactly what happened. And of course, when he was in this public martyrdom, he was being burned or the open flame, that famous joke, that famous line. When he said, okay, I'm done on this side. You can turn me over now. And this is just a mark of the gallows humor of a lot of the saints. Think about St. Thomas More. He said the exact same stuff. He had at least two or three good jokes when he was uh, about to be beheaded, the executioner in England was worked for King Henry VIII. He was shaking. He was, and, and Thomas More said, "You got to make it a clean cut. I don't want you to lose your professional reputation. Stop shaking. Come on, this is ridiculous." And he said, "Oh, but please don't chop off the beard because I've been really working on this beard in prison. I, I've been using some beard oil, and I, I really like the way this is looking. So please, um, I've got a cool Theobro beard here. Don't don't mess with that." Anyway, so you can really only joke like that if you know with 100% certainty that you you know exactly where you're going to be 30 seconds after your death. You're going to be in the presence of our Lord Jesus Christ, and he will say something to you, and, and Producer Jim will get to that in just a second. But at any rate, um, incredible. St. Lawrence has inspired so many through the centuries. Now, I, I, did, I did promise... Uh, just before we wrap this up, and we get to your jokes, your best Catholic jokes, triple eight nine one four nine one four nine. I did promise I would explain why he's the patron saint of all these. Now I won't go through the whole laundry list. And yes, he is the patron saint of launderers as well. Not sure why, but uh, cooks and tanners. Uh, that should be obvious. Comedians. That should be obvious. Um, he's the patron saint of archivists and librarians because he hid very important documents of the church. Uh, before he uh, suffered martyrdom. And, um, yeah, that's, uh, the others are pretty pretty self-explanatory. But anyway, we, we need to ask him to pray for us. And, and not only that we would have the courage to remain faithful, even, even under fire, literally or not, um, and, and that we might face our trials with, with humor. Uh, this is, again, this marks so many great saints. St. Saint Philip Neri was this saint of mirth. Um St. Jose Maria Escrivá, the founder of Opus Dei, he, he was well known as a, as, a, as a jokester. And in fact, one time he was in a cab in Spain that was driven by this guy named Caesar. And this guy was a terrible driver. So he, he almost went off the road and over a cliff. And as the, as the car you know, kind of crashed on the side of the mountain, St. Jose Maria said, uh, again, the guy's name is Caesar, Hail Caesar, we who are about to die salute you. I mean, so a lot of the saints had great senses of humor because they lived their life in the light of in the fire of God's love, the fire of eternity. And so when we come back, when we come back, we're going to share your best Catholic jokes. We're going to have some fun together. Keep it clean. Keep it family friendly. 
and keep it locked here on the Kale Clark Show on Relevant Radio, 888-914-9149. This is The Kale Clark Show, giving you the confidence you need to bring the faith into everyday life. All right, welcome back to the show. And uh, it is with much trepidation that I announce that the phone lines are now open for you to call in with your best Catholic joke or your worst one. Maybe it's so bad it's good. It's come all the way around. I don't know. 888 you know, you know me. I'm, I'm, I'm absolutely notorious for puns, really bad puns. Triple eight nine one four nine one four nine is the number to call. So keep it clean, keep it real, keep it funny. Uh, so no, no targeting of of individuals or, or anything like that. So, um, uh, but now I, producer Jim did, did. He was like, "Kale, can I please tell this one joke?" All right, okay. So Jim, you get to start us off here. Uh, we just got done talking. By the way, the reason why we're talking about us, if you're just tuning in now, if you missed it, uh, catch the podcast. It should be up about now within about 30 minutes after the end of the show. And it's the feast day of St. Lawrence, deacon and martyr and the patron saint of comedians. Why? Because he had a lot of jokes on the way to his martyrdom. The first one of them got pretty much helped to get him killed. And uh, he brought the he was asked to bring the treasures of the church. And he brought all the poor, the sick, the blind and the lame and said, here they are. These are the truly the treasures of the church. That's not what I meant. Not funny. I don't like you. You're going to be roasted on the gridiron. And that's what the Roman prefect said. And that's what happened to him. And as he's being flame broiled, uh, Deacon Lawrence said, turn me over. I'm done on this side now. So with that being said, producer Jim, let's hear it. You you have the floor. What you got did, the stage. <laughs> thank you, Kale. Uh, what did the good Lord say when St. Lawrence reached the pearly gates? Uh, I, I have no idea. <laughs> well done, good and faithful oh! servant. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I, I think we should just end the show now. That's a mic drop right there. That's a mic drop right there. We do we have some canned laughter? We might we might need that at various points too. I don't know. Oh, but you know, the joke should be actually funny. If we if we're not laughing, that's probably it bad sign. So we can give you a courtesy laugh, though, just to make you feel good about yourself. All right, let's go to line two, 888-914-9149. Nick in Albuquerque. Nick, you are alive and you are on stage now on the Kale Clark Show. Thank you, Kale. Um, so what do you call a priest who is in charge of the school play? What do you call a priest in charge of the school play? I don't know. The spiritual director. The spiritual director. The spiritual director. Okay. There we go. That was actually Jim laughing. That's how he laughs. I don't know if anybody knows that, but uh, that was not a sound effect. Nick, thank you so much for calling in from Albuquerque. And uh, have you have you have you ever found a, a pizza on your roof, Nick? That's a, that's a Breaking Bad reference. Uh, I think it was Albuquerque, right? Yeah, I think so. Anyways, all right. Let's go to Patrick. Patrick. It's not Patrick Alog. He's not calling the show himself. It's Patrick in Mount Laurel, New Jersey, near Philadelphia. Hello, Patrick. Hi, Cal. Enjoy your show. Okay, a man enters a very strict monastery. You're only allowed to say two words every five years. After the first five years, the abbot calls the monk in, says, what are your two words? The monk replies, bed hard. Okay. 
After the second five years, the abbot calls him back in again and says, okay, you can say your two words, food cold. Third, <laughs> third, third time, after 15 years, he calls him in and says, okay, say your two words. The monk says, I quit. The abbot says, that's good. You've done nothing but complain since you got here. <laughs> I like that. Okay. I like that. Another that's one. A, here's another. Here's, here's we another. got a second one. All right, okay. all right. got a follow-up here. Got an encore. A man goes to his, church, to his church and asks for the pastor and says, I need to have a funeral mass for my dog. The pastor says, you can't have a funeral mass for a dog. The man says, oh, I was going to offer a stipend of $10,000. And the pastor <laughs> says, glory be, man. Why didn't you tell me the dog was a Catholic? <laughs> I like that. I like that. That's kind of joke. Uh, Drew, Mar- Drew Mariani would love that joke. That, that's a great joke. That's a great joke. Patrick, you got another one? You, got a, you have a third joke? Am I, or am I hoping too much here? No. These are pretty good. Okay, well, anyway, those are good. Those are quality. That's the kind of quality I'm looking for. Thank you, Patrick, in Mount Laurel, New Jersey. So there we go. There we go. We're off to a good start here. I, I like I like where we're going with this. So welcome to Yuck Yucks here. Uh, that is the Kale Clark Show. We're, we're looking at your best Catholic jokes. We're hoping for your best Catholic jokes. Um, so if you've got a good one, it doesn't target anybody. It doesn't target any particular group. Um what other it has to be funny that that's rule number one hopefully let's see let's see how it goes as we continue on triple eight nine one four nine one four nine let's see here let's see here patrick alog is he's curating these jokes for me he's answering the phones so it's kind of it's kind of whatever he thinks is funny which kind of scares me a little bit um let's go to joe on line five on line five in sisters oregon in Central Oregon, so Sisters, Joe in Sisters. How Good are evening. you? Can you hear me? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank You're you. on the air. So I think that maybe only Catholics will get this joke. Okay. So, so Jesus is walking down the street. He sees a great commotion, and the crowds have brought an adulteress to the middle of the town square for her execution. Mm. Oh. And the Lord says, "Let let he who ca- he who is without sin cast the first stone." And almost immediately, a rock comes searing out of the crowd, hits the adulterer square in the forehead, and it kills her immediately. And Jesus says, Mom, sometimes you really tee me off. <laughs> wow, and Mary had, had a great arm. Had a great arm, apparently. So, that, wow, that's that. I should have seen this one coming from a mile away. But Joe, that, that's awesome. Thank you so much for listening to the show, for calling in. It takes a lot of bravery to get up on stage. I, I've actually done this before, believe it or not. I did a stand-up comedy routine once. It was terrible. I bombed. It was awful. It's a horrible idea. Um, Keep it up, Kale. <laughs> mainly because I didn't actually prepare a routine beforehand. But I, I, you know, I'm never. That was that was that was the old me. Now now my jokes are are, are very very uh, practiced. I practice them in private before I bring them out in public. All right. So let's uh, hopefully. Uh, We've got some more funny ones here. Well, let's see. Let's see. All right. Let's let's go. Let's go to line ten. Howard in Excelsior, Minnesota. That's what Stan Lee used to say. Excelsior when he you know, signed off on Marvel Marvel Comics like Spider Man. Anyway, Howard, how are you doing? I'm doing good, Kale. Hey, thanks for taking my call. I enjoy your show. And uh, yeah, I was telling the caller. I grew I grew up as a Lutheran before I became a Catholic, mm. and we had a lot of Catholic, we had a lot of Catholic jokes. And one of them was uh, the uh, the change that they're doing in the Vatican is that they're selling they're they're uh, uh, they're selling uh, popsicle popsicles they're, they're making holy selling 
I'm sorry. They're freezing holy water and selling them for popsicles. They're freezing holy water and selling them as popsicles. Yeah. That's yeah, that that um they're uh yeah, that's that's a cold cold that's uh, a cold shot right there, I'll tell you. But uh, you know what? Yeah, the, the, in Ro- in a Roman summertime, you need you need something cold, but but not holy water. You cannot consume holy water. You can't do it, even in frozen form. So don't even try it at home, kids. It's not kosher. All right, Frank in Philadelphia, line seven. Frank, so good to hear from you. Hey, Kill. Kill. Hey, yeah, I'm here. Yep, listen. Yeah, um, just do me a favor. Have your daughter. Call in because I'm. I love her jokes during on fundraiser week. She's great. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> um, if Jesus was around today, what kind of car would he be driving? If Jesus was here today, what kind of car would he drive? I don't know. A Tesla. A Chrysler. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. You got another one. You got another one. You got a follow up. Well, no, I just um. I started listening to your station about three years ago or so, before the mm-hmm. great Patrick Alock, and he is great, he works all the time. Yeah. I want to say hi to Lucas Holt. He was the first one I called in a like, long time ago. Lucas Holt and your family, how you doing? And Kel, I'm waiting for your daughter to call in. She tells great jokes. How yeah, going, you, yeah, yeah. I, you know, she, she, I, did, I did offer her the opportunity. Thank you, Frank. Thank you for that, for that, for that joke, for calling in. Uh, thanks for the shout-out to Lucas. But I'm pretty sure Lucas is listening right now. He's still... He still listens to the show almost every night, and uh, he's out there. He's out there in cyberspace. He's still on Twitter. Um, Lucas, if you're listening, call him with a good joke, man. Come on. Um, but, but yeah, I'm sure he appreciates that. And, and yeah, Michaela, I did offer her the opportunity. I was like, do you want to call in? I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a joke night. She's like, I don't know. I'm working on my set, Dad. I think I'm just going to maybe wait till next week, wait till Pledge Drive. Okay, so, so on this day next week, usually we do it on Thursday. That's the day that Michaela, if we hit our goal, if we hit our goal, that's why it's really important to call in next week. Don't stop listening next week. We will have solid content all the way through, even though it's Pledge Drive Week. It's a little different. The music is different, but it's the same quality. Um, so quality is job number one. <laughs> I, I once heard that, that um, it's funny, all the American cars, remember when, when they were like getting nailed for quality because the Japanese cars were like so reliable and the American cars for a while were like, you know, having all these problems. And, and they always said, you know, the Japanese companies, they, they never have to say that we have quality car- cars because they just kind of do it. Um, I think Steve Jobs said that, you know, it, so I, I shouldn't say that. I shouldn't be saying, yes, this is a quality program because that might be the, 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 the kiss of death that it's not. But um, no, we will have a great quality program all day and all week next week as well. Michaela will be there. So please, please join us next week for a pledge drive. It's really important. That's how we keep on the air. We, we are very reliant uh, on you guys keeping us afloat here at Relevant Radio. All right. So let's go now to Tom in Appleton, Wisconsin on line two. Hey, Tom. Hey, good evening. How are you doing, Kale? I'm I doing great. Show every night on, I listen to your show every night on the way home from work. Okay, here is my joke. I hope nobody said it yet. But what do you call a nun that walks around in her sleep at night? A nun who walks around in her, in, in her sleep at night? I don't know. Yes. Roman Catholic. Oh, <laughs> a sleepwalking nun, a Roman Catholic. I love it. I love okay. it. Okay. Thank you for taking my call, and God oh, be with you. 
Well, Tom, thank you so much, and I really appreciate the fact that you listen to the show on your drive home from work. God bless you. I, I don't take that for granted that you guys are taking the time to, to be with me here on Relevant Radio. And by the way, uh, Frank, if you're still listening, uh, Lucas Holt just texted me, uh, and he actually said, I am actually listening to the show. <laughs> Tell Frank I say hi. I'm driving. Ha, ha, ha. Well, you're obviously laughing at these jokes, too, because you said ha, 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 but no, I think that was just like an emoji thing, but, uh, but you... It, do you have a joke, Lucas? Call. We'll put you at the front of the line. Come on. Uh, Google a joke. Do, do something. Anyways. Um, all right. Let's, get, let's go to Nancy in Scottsdale on line number nine. Nancy, welcome to the show. Thanks, Kale. Good to talk to you. So this one is from my RCIA teacher a few months back, who was the first person to break all Ten Commandments. Who was the first person to break? Oh, boy, you don't want to be in that. Can the first person to break all Ten Commandments? I don't even know. That'd to be, break that'd be, all Ten Commandments. To, uh, who was it? Come on, you got this. You got this, no? <laughs> okay. I, 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 was, I might know, but i got to give you a shot at it. you got to give the okay, answer. It was Moses. Ah. <laughs> I did know that. I did know that. Yeah, Moses, of course, he was so angry when he saw the Israelites with the golden calf. He just yeah. smashed the tablets. God had to give him a new set. Pretty, we laughed pretty hard when our teacher told us that. And I don't remember jokes very well. I'm not that's a like good your joke. daughter. So <laughs> I can remember what I had to start with. Yeah, so that's all I got. That That is a really, really good joke. Who was the first person to break all Ten Commandments? Moses, of course. Hey, we've got much more uh, mirth, fun, laughter, faith, facts, and fun. It's Kale Clark Show. We're going to come back with more of your jokes right here, 888-914-9149. Got to step aside for just a moment, but we'll be right back. Explaining the Catholic faith and how you can live it and share it, too. It's the Kale Clark Show. Have a question? Give Kale a call at 888-914-9149. Hey, welcome back to the program. So good to have you with me. Faith, facts, and fun. It's the Kale Clark Show with the emphasis on fun today. Even though it's a, it's a serious topic, but the martyrdom of St. Lawrence, and if you want to hear my meditation on St. Lawrence, my fervorino, if you will, on St. Lawrence, uh, that was in the first part of the show. You can check the podcast later, share it with a friend. Uh, but now I, I, I have opened the phone lines, um, and I think, it's, I think it's going pretty well so far, Producer Jim. And I've asked you guys to share your best Catholic jokes. Keep it clean. Keep it family-friendly. Hopefully keep it funny. Uh, we do have a little bit more time. for, for I don't want to leave, A lot of you guys are on the line right now, and I don't want to leave you hanging. So we do, we do have a, a couple more minutes for this before we move on. Uh, so get your calls in now. Get your jokes in now. 888-914-9149. All right, let's go to Martha in Santa Fe, New Mexico. Martha, welcome. <laughs> I, have a, I have a joke for you. There was a, an atheist who went hiking in the mountains around here, near Santa Fe, and uh, he had absolutely no belief in anything, but he encountered this huge, huge grizzly bear on his trail. The grizzly bear raised his paws, got up on his back feet. It was very menacing, and the atheist suddenly looked to heaven, and he said, God, I know you don't know me, but this bear is going to eat me. And so there's no response, and, they, and so he says, this bear, Lord, this bear is your creature. T- 
talk to him, talk to him. <laughs> Suddenly there's a clap of thunder and a bolt of lightning. The bear lowered his paws. The atheist said, oh, good. The bear dropped to his knees, and he said, Bless us, O Lord, for these bad gifts, <laughs> which we are about to receive. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I like it, Martha. That is a great joke. Martha in Santa Fe, thank you so much for listening and for calling in. That was funny. I like it. I like it. Let's keep it rolling. Let's go to Bob in Chicago. Hey, Bob. How are you? Gail, good to talk to you. Likewise, likewise. Thanks for calling yeah. in. Hey, Gail. Uh, so one day, God... God uh, sees Adam in the Garden of Eden, and he's kind of despondent, kind of moping around. And God says to him, Adam, what's wrong? And Adam says, you know, God, I want someone to be my best friend. I want someone to walk with me every step through life. And I want someone to be right next to me every, every day, every day. And I want someone who will encourage me. And I want someone to ignite my passions. And God said, Adam, that's going to cost you an arm and a leg. And so Adam said to God, what can I get for a rib? Uh, oh, Bob, Bob in Chicago. Okay, okay. Ladies, what do you think of that? Uh, the, the, uh, I, I, hey, anyways, uh, here's, a, here's kind of a related joke to that. You probably heard this one, Bob, and this is from uh, our good friend Scott Hahn, the theologian, who also loves his puns and loves his jokes. Maybe one of his very best was, he said, why, why was Eve called woman? Because when Adam woke up from his slumber and he saw her for the first time, he said, Whoa, man, she is gorgeous. She is drop-dead gorgeous. How about that? Hey, Bob in Chicago, love the call. Thank you so much. Um, is there a better city in America in the summertime than Chicago? It's just a great city in the summertime. Wow. So, Bob, uh, I appreciate you calling in. All right, let's go to Gray, who's calling from Alameda, California, up in NoCal. Hi, Gray. Hey, Kyle. Good to be here. Likewise, good to have so, you. All right. So uh, there was this man, he was on the coast, just kind of admiring the view, and not a great swimmer, and he accidentally fell in and got carried out to sea. Uh, so he starts praying to God to save him from drowning, and a little while later, a man comes by in his sailboat and offers to let him in, and he says, no, no, I'll be all right. God's going to save me, and the guy thinks he's a little crazy, but sails away. Coast Guard gets word later, and they come by in their boat and try to get him in, but he turns them away again. Eventually, they send a helicopter, drop a ladder down into the water for him to climb up, and they're talking to him through the megaphone, begging him to get in. He says, no, no, I'll be okay. God will save me. And eventually, he runs out of stamina and drowns, and he goes to heaven and sees God and says, what the heck? I was praying like crazy for you to save me. What happened? And he said, I sent you two boats and a helicopter. What else did you want? <laughs> yeah, exactly. That That is an absolute classic. Gray, I appreciate that call in Alameda, California. We, we were covering coast-to-coast uh, coast here from Maui to Maine. And by the way, pre please pray for the people in Maui. Speaking of Maui, we say this all the time on Relevant Radio. Uh, you know what's going on in Maui with all the devastation there. Oh, it's just heartbreaking. And so uh, our prayers are with you. And uh, keep, keep everybody there in your prayers. I'm sure there are very practical ways uh, that you can help uh, with that situation. And uh, oof, it's it's just tough to see this unfolding on the news. All right, let's go back to the phones now. Let's go to Anne in Santa Ana, California. Anne in Santa Ana, how are you? Hi, fine, thanks. My dad was quite a jokester and always coming up with puns. 
And when they were particularly far reaching, we would say, Dad, <laughs> that's just two thirds of a pun. See <laughs> you. Yeah, that's, I tell you, I, I, I am guilty as charged of that as well. I've got so many bad dad jokes and. I tell you, I could, I could, I could take over the show with them, but I'm not going to. I'm not going to. I'll spare you that. I'll spare you that. And uh, and my my family has heard all of them. In fact, I just I just got a message from my wife Patricia, and she said actually Michaela has a joke, but she's too shy, which is actually I'm surprised to hear that. I'm honestly surprised to hear that. Maybe I don't know. Well, you, you can you can you can call in Michaela, or you can save it for your set next week. Work on it a little bit. You know, hit the comedy clubs, test audiences, you know, do some A-B testing. I don't know. Let's go back to the phone. Cecilia is in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Well, Albuquerque is really representing today. Hey, Cecilia. Hi, Kale. Thanks for my call. And I'm feeling a little bit like Michaela, a little shy, but here's my joke. Uh, okay. So man says, God, uh, God, what is a million years like to you? And God says, it's like one second. And so man says, what is a million dollars like to you? And God says, hmm, like a penny. And so man says, God, can I have a penny? And God says, just a second. <laughs> That's a good one. I like that. It's classic. <laughs> Cecilia. Oh, yeah, sure. Go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. So a father was reading Bible stories to his young son, and so he read, The man named Lot was warned to take his wife and flee out of the city. But his wife looked back and was turned into a pillar of salt. So his son says, well, what happened to the flea? <laughs> I like it, Cecilia. That's great stuff. That's great stuff. Cecilia in Albuquerque, thank you so much for listening to the Kale Clark Show and for calling in. Cecilia, you're breaking my heart. What a great tune. What a great tune. Call back anytime. All right, let's go to, who is this? Homer. Homer is on the line. I think it's not that Homer. It's a different Homer. Homer in Belmar, New Jersey. Welcome to the show. Yep, thank you. Uh, how many apostles can fit into one car? <laughs> I, I love this joke. I don't want to spoil it. So you, you, how many apostles can fit into one car? Tell us. Uh, all of them, because the book of Acts says the apostles were all in one accord. That's right. They're all in one accord. I love it. I love it. That's one of my favorite Catholic jokes of all time. Homer, I appreciate that in Belmar, New Jersey. Anybody named Homer has to has to be a funny guy, right? So, all right, let's go. Hey, it was the feast day of St. Dominic a couple days ago. So let's go to Dominic now. Dominic in Tucson, Arizona. Hey, Dominic. Hi. Uh, what did Adam say to Eve when she accused him of cheating? What did Adam say to Eve when she accused him of cheating? I, I don't know about this. I, yes. This must be a deleted chapter from the book of Genesis. But what, is, what, what uh -huh. did Adam say? He said, what are you talking about? Count my ribs. <laughs> oh, Dominic, thank you. Uh, it's, I love it. I love this stuff. Dominic in Tucson, Arizona. Appreciate the call. Appreciate the joke. All right, let's go to Miles. Miles in Wisconsin Rapids in the state of Wisconsin. Hey, Miles. What the jokes? Hi, um, glad you're doing so well. And uh, this joke is, there are people, dad and his son are driving. Uh, son says, dad, how come people who drive like that so fast don't get thrown into jail? Son, that driver is a Christian, and God probably protects him from getting arrested. 
Dad, can we get a bumper sticker like that too? <laughs> Miles, I appreciate that. You, you're, we got miles to go here on, on the Kale Clark Show. You can call in with your jokes as well. Appreciate you, Miles, in Wisconsin Rapids. And you can call in rapidly if you're logging some miles in the car. Call on your car phone. Pull out the antenna. Use that thing. You haven't used it since the 1980s. Now is the time. 888 Let's go to Richard in Cold Spring, Minnesota. Richard, is, are you going to be King Richard? Is this going to be the king of all jokes today? Let's see. Okay. <laughs> so, what did Eve see when she saw Adam? Okay, so we, we already, I already told you what Adam said when, when, when he saw Eve. What did Eve say when she saw Adam? I don't know. Amen. Oh Amen. man, that is classic. That's 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 great. That is really great. That is an excellent follow-up to the woman joke. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Richard, that's great. I think that is let's crown him right now, Jim. King Richard. King Richard. He he that is that is And of course, because Relevant Radio is a charity, we you can't win anything other than other than bragging rights over over all the listenership. Uh, that's out there. Just, just pride, just pride, baby. That's that's all you've got. And um, I'll tell you what. Let, okay, let's sneak in. Let's, let's sneak in one more. Bob in Chicago. All right, one more from Bob. Let's go, Bob. Bob, you are on the line. Let's. Okay. All right. So, I I want to share. Do I have, do I have time for the clip, Jim, from World Youth Day? Okay. All right. Uh, this is amazing because uh, it's Thursday. One of the things that I I love to do on Thursdays, especially as we're getting ready for this uh, Eucharistic, amazing Eucharistic Congress, is going to be happening in Indianapolis in July of next year. Relevant Radio will be there. Uh, we'll be all over it. Uh, our, all of our hosts will be there. The Family Rosary Across America will be broadcasting live from there. Eucharistic revival is what we need, and the United States bishops have asked us to help with that, and that's exactly what we're going to do. So on Thursdays, of course, I do like to talk about the Eucharist, because that's the day that Jesus instituted the Eucharist. Really interesting. Uh, Now, some people didn't like this. Maybe they thought it was too much of a departure, but the Way of the Cross at World Youth Day features some testimonies of young people, including a 29-year-old American named Caleb. Um, He was going to call himself Cale, but, you know... There could only be one. No, there's a lot of Kales out there, too. But Caleb had this to say. Check this out. Beautiful testimony. I think back to my younger days, and I feel a deep pain, and yet at the same time, a great joy. The reality of my life is that I'm one of the lost sheep that Jesus came running after. I grew up in a very broken household with a father who didn't really realize his worth or identity in Christ and was severely broken. And as a result of his wounds, he wounded others. And one of my escapes from home life was always being at church. It felt as if it was my home away from home. Now, I was raised in various different Christian traditions, but I always had a desire within my soul for more. I wanted that encounter with Jesus that everyone around me seemed to be having, but I wasn't having for myself. A little did I know, looking back through all of that, he was right by my side. Approaching my high school graduation, my parents went through a horrendous divorce, and it just spiraled out of control. I sank deep into depression, struggled with self-harm, became a drug addict, and I really had a desire to end my life. I let the pain lead me to embracing all the selfish desires that were within me. Everything I had known was gone. I had no sense of direction. My head was in such a dark place from the pain, and I had searched for a reason to live. The Lord heard my cries, and He sent me the most beautiful gift, one who would eventually become my bread. 
And once I met my wife, I found a reason to live and a desire to grow in my faith. I wanted the passion that she had for Jesus, but battling the ghosts of my past, it just always felt unattainable. After dating for a period of time, we separated for a while, and I was faced with a choice to make. I could either let Jesus take full control of my life or go back into my old habits. But by His grace, I pressed on. And working in a tattoo shop, I saw those who were forgotten by society, and I saw Jesus in them and who He truly was. And after much healing, my wife and I got back together and were eventually married. We became heavily involved in our church, and I was tasked with passing on the faith to our students. I realized really quickly I didn't know what the faith was. I started researching the early church and both biblical and historical resources. To make a long story short, John 6, Jesus in the Eucharist, is what brought me home into full communion with the Catholic Church. Now, as I reflect, I've realized that the father wound that I've had has caused me to have an identity crisis, but after embracing the identity that my Heavenly Father has given me, I have finally started to heal, and being united fully to Jesus in the Eucharist is what brought healing to my soul. And after tasting all that this world has to offer, Jesus truly is the only one that has satisfied me. Uh, that's a powerful testimony from uh, 29-year-old Caleb. Uh, one of the youth testimonies that was used in the Way of the Cross with Pope Francis at World Youth Day uh, last weekend. It was really interesting, and I, I, I thought it was really profound what he said at the, at the end, that, that he had tasted all the world had to offer. It was still left him wanting more. And, but when he consumed the Eucharist, when he was united fully to Jesus in the Eucharist, that's what really brought healing to his soul. He had this father wound, and the Heavenly Father it's given him this new identity as a, as a son of God, as a child of God. And I also really like what he said about he was teaching catechism. You know, at the time he was a Protestant. And he, the best way to learn something is to try to teach it to somebody else. And so th this is why it's really good to, to volunteer to teach catechism if you can, because you're going to learn a lot for sure. And he realized he didn't know what the faith was, went back to the fathers of the church. Eucharistic realism is there. That's, that's really amazing. Just like in John chapter 6 verse 51 the bread that i will give is my flesh hey if you want that old time religion as one writer said you got to go back to old times and we've got the ancient faith that is ever new in the catholic church this is the kale clark show thank you for joining me today jim shaper produced patrick alog working those jokes on the phone good job patrick take it away michaela thank you for listening to my daddy